Hey, welcome to Healthy and Empowered Living. I'm your host, Lauren Joyce, and I'm so excited to be with you today. I am passionate about helping women just like you ditch the diet culture and transform your body from the inside out without feeling selfish or taking up all your time. I believe living healthy can be simple and fun and ultimately allow you to deepen your relationship with God and walk more fully in the purposes He has for you. I've been where you are now. I've tried the diets and even got to my goal weight, but it left me feeling just as empty, insecure, and unfulfilled as I was before. It wasn't until I drew closer to God that I experienced that true confidence I was after. So grab your Bible, notebook, and coffee and get ready to finally experience joy and freedom in your health journey. Hearing from the Lord and walking out the things that He's calling me to is obviously a huge part of my life. And honestly, the more I think about it, the more I realize how much more effectively I can do this now that I'm living a healthy lifestyle. Not because I eat perfect, exercise every day, weigh a certain amount or whatever, but because my mind is not consumed or obsessed with all the things related to my health. My schedule is not so busy that I can't find time to slow down and hear from God. My emotions don't cause me to go into spirals of feeling out of control with the things happening in my life. I can truly rest in the Lord and live in His peace. That is what creates joy for me in my healthy lifestyle. Not that I'm doing what I need to do to live my healthiest, but because I'm living my healthiest, my relationship with God gets to go that much deeper every single day. If you've been following me for a while now, you may have heard me say this, but when God called me into coaching, he told me that my work with women around their health was merely a doorway for him to go deeper um, and do work in their hearts and draw them into a deeper connection with him. I realized that through my own journey and through working with women that overcoming any struggles you might feel in your health is really just a way to open up your heart and your mind to more of our good, good Heavenly Father. I'm not going to go into too much detail about what all I teach through my coaching program, but if you're interested in hearing more or curious if it might be just what you need, feel free to email me. I'd love to connect. So I was praying about what to share in today's episode, and I really wanted to make it super practical for you because I'm sure that's what you're listening for as you go for a walk, do the dishes, fold laundry, or whatever else you're doing as I'm talking in your ear. But I feel like the Lord has other plans. So in this episode, I want to simply provide encouragement to your spirit. I truly believe that a healthy lifestyle includes health in body, mind, and spirit. So your relationship with the Lord is just as important to me as whether or not you exercise or eat all your servings of fruit and fruits and vegetables today. One thing the Lord keeps bringing me back to in my mind is dwelling in his presence and listening for his voice. I know how difficult it can be when it feels like your life is going a million miles an hour or you feel focused on all the things your kids need from you right now or whether you're supposed to homeschool or send them back into the classroom or how you're going to lose weight or why you feel so disconnected from your husband or friends or how you're going to be in three places at once with all the things you've committed to or you know whatever else takes up all of your time and energy. I wanted to hold the space for you today as you are listening even when this episode wraps up, to recognize the presence of the Lord and the things that he might be speaking to you about. If you haven't heard about it yet, on Fridays, I send out a weekly devotional to my email list called Weekly Wisdom, and today I'll be speaking those out to you. I think there's something powerful about the spoken word, so my prayer is that as you hear God's word and the encouragement that go with those scriptures, that you experience the Lord in a fresh way and hear his voice. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. 
and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. When you experience worry or fear, is your first instinct to pray? Mine isn't usually. The enemy often fills my mind with all I'm doing wrong, what I should be doing more of, or things that I need to change, all in my own strength and power, of course. But the truth is, only God can bring you peace, true peace, not like the world sees peace, but a peace that surpasses all human understanding. Peace itself means the absence of conflict, but in the biblical sense, it means so much more. It refers to a state of wholeness or completeness, as if something else is present with you providing that peace. In Isaiah, it's referred to as perfect peace. In Philippians, it's the peace which surpasses all understanding, and throughout the New Testament, the writers use the phrase, may the God of peace be with you, as they finish their letters. This peace must be pretty important. There are many ways to seek after the peace of God. Surrender and seek Him more. Keep your mind focused and filled with Him and His truth. Trust and have faith in the one who is with you always. Here's what I believe. It all starts with prayer, because prayer changes everything. It changes us in our mindsets, worries, fears, and anxieties. When the word says, let your requests be made known to God, I pause and think to myself, God knows everything. He knows what I'm going to ask and what I need before even I do. So why does scripture tell us to tell God these things? The next verse begins, and the peace of God. Whoa. When we pray, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, begins to fill us and guard our hearts and minds against the worries, fears, and anxieties we are feeling. God knows all that we're going through and yet wants us to choose to come to him in prayer and lay it all down at his feet so that we can experience his peace. It can be hard at times to choose to pray, to trust in God and receive his peace, especially when we have a lot going on. We think we need to be in control of something, or even when we get caught up thinking that God doesn't want to be a part of a certain area of our lives. The truth is, He wants to be in every part of our lives, to bring us peace that is so much better than the world can bring, that is beyond our comprehension. What holds you back from coming to God in prayer and laying everything at His feet? Whether it's out of fear, the unknown, time, or something else, I challenge you today to choose prayer and put your trust back in God for every little thing. Seeking Him in prayer can bring you peace for each situation, emotion, or decision you find yourself facing. Remember, He is the God who created this whole world and yet loves you deeply. When I feel the worry and fears creep in and I need encouragement about what God's doing in my life, I revisit a scripture in Ephesians that says, Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us. We may not always understand our fears, worries, or anxieties, or the situations we're in, but we don't always have to because we serve a God who does know it all. More than that, He wants us to experience the power of His peace through it all as we choose to set our minds on Him through prayer. So today I encourage you to choose prayer. Commit or recommit today to lay all your worries and anxieties at the feet of Jesus in prayer. Not because He needs to know, but because you trust through prayer you will begin to change and receive the peace of God beyond your understanding. Matthew chapter 13, the beginning of verse 12 in the Amplified, reads like this, For whoever has spiritual wisdom, because he is receptive to God's word, to him more will be given, and he will be richly and abundantly supplied. It's commonly said there's a reason the windshield is so much bigger than the rearview mirror, referring to the fact that we should focus more on our future than on our past. But 
I also believe we are called to remember, think about, and understand the events of our past and how God worked in those. What we have learned and gone through is God's faithfulness in our lives, and remembering His faithfulness is one way we can grow our faith and give Him glory. I'm thankful for all the, all the Lord has been working out in me, even if it's been really hard and challenging and painful. I've been reflecting on how much the Lord has grown me lately, like even over the last six months. I was reminded of an analogy my husband shared with me from when he was gardening, which we all know the best parables are gardening related. Just ask Jesus. He noticed that the soil that hadn't been worked very much was really hard and tough to turn, but the soil that had consistently that he had consistently turned in the past was much easier to turn now. I believe the same thing is true in our hearts. When we let the Lord do the work, the first time he addresses something is going to be the hardest to work through. But when we can continually surrender to him and let him keep working and doing his thing, it's going to be easier and easier for him to transform us into who he created us to be. Here's a couple questions for you. Do you notice and acknowledge the times the Lord is working in your heart to bring transformation? Do you process and remember the ways he's been faithful in your life? Or do you ride the high of an inspirational moment and then let it pass by without allowing it to sink deep in to bring transformation? Do you watch others share their stories of faith and live through those rather than your own? In Matthew 13, Jesus shares the parable of the sower and its meaning. Verse 23 says, As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. So when we hear and understand the word of God, then we will bear fruit. The more we hear and understand what God is doing in our lives, the more we will yield. Jesus says in verse 12, For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have in abundance. We serve a faithful God who loves us and wants us to recognize that we have all we need to live an abundant life. He is also a jealous God who wants us to choose to worship him and give him praise. A way to do that is by giving him glory for the things he is doing in us and through us even though the work he is doing might be hard and challenging at times. Even though we may not want to think about how difficult it was to walk through something, even though we struggle to recognize and praise him for the change he's bringing, this is where transformation of the heart happens. And through inward transformation, we begin to see outward stuff change too. It can be a slow process and a long journey, but little by little, because that's how God often works, we will experience change and see outward results from that inward transformation. So today I encourage you to notice the things God is doing in you, praise him for it, and allow that transformation to come. 2 Timothy 1.7 reads, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. So this encouragement is really about how to overcome fears, holding you back from living the healthy and empowered life that God has designed for you. In the Amplified Version, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of sound judgment and personal discipline, which it has as abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. I love this translation because I think it accurately describes someone who is healthy in mind, body, and spirit. Living healthy takes the sound judgment of knowing what to change and when. Living healthy takes the personal discipline of doing the hard things that take you out of your comfort zone even when you don't want to. Living healthy, living a healthy life requires using the abilities you have been given to create a calm, well-balanced mind. I don't know about you, but living in that state of health sounds wonderful. 
until fear plants a seed and begins to take root. A fear of failure, a fear of success for the wrong reasons, a fear of change or the unknown, a fear that you might do the wrong thing or not know what the right thing is, a fear that you'll let others down or let yourself down, a fear that what you do will be a waste of time, a fear that it will be too hard. The fear or fears holding you back from that healthy and empowered and confident life you desire might look like one of those, or they might be something different for you. Either way, I want to remind you today that God did not give you the spirit of fear. He did give you a spirit of power, love, and self-control. But what does it look like to live in the power, the love, and the self-control that he's given? For power, the Bible says our power comes from the Holy Spirit living in us. Jesus says in Luke 24, 49, And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And because we have the Holy Spirit through Jesus, we can believe and live in the authority we are given. So you have the power and authority to do what you need to do in this life without fear. Do you believe that today? Have faith because it's the truth. And for love. 1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. God is love, and he gives you the key to overcome fear by walking in the perfect love that he's given you. Walking in love for God, walking in love for those around you, and walking in love for yourself. Love overcomes negativity and discontentment and brings gratitude and perseverance. Without love, Nothing you do or don't do really matters. And that's coming from 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3. So choose to abide in and reflect on the amazing love of God. How does love change your perspective about your health and life? And for self-control. Now walking in the power of the Holy Spirit and the perfect love of God requires self-control. It doesn't just happen. We have to work at it, practice, and be consistent. We read many places in the Bible that we are called to be self-controlled. It's even listed as a fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, which means in living by the Spirit, we should have self-control. When I think of self-control, I think of being disciplined, determined, persistent, and sometimes a bit uncomfortable. I think about doing things I don't always want to do and not doing things that I do want to do. To give you some health-related examples, maybe exercising is something that you need self-control in because you don't always want to do it, but recognize the importance of doing it anyways. Maybe you really like sugary sweets, but know that overindulging isn't good for you. So you use self-control to limit how much you eat. In Hebrews 12, 11, it says, For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. It may not always be pleasant, but we know the result is worth it because it's what God has called us to do. It's how God has called us to live, and it's for his glory that we choose to live this way no matter how challenging or uncomfortable it may be. 1 Peter 4, 7 says, The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. So if you want to go deeper in relationship with God and grow in a healthy and empowered life you are called to live, choose to fight against fear and believe and live in the spirit of power, love, and self-control you have been given. As you read this, be encouraged that you can do this because God has given you all that you need. This is from Colossians 1, verses 11 through 14. This is my prayer for you, that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So as you walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, 
bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 in the Passion Translation reads, So above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. This encouragement is about why silence is so important and how you can practice today. If you're like me, this is probably a real struggle for you. You might always have music or TV for background background noise. You probably keep your phone handy to occupy you in downtime, or you simply don't make the time to seek out silence in your busy life. Being able to be alone in your thoughts and prayers with God is such an important tool for your personal spiritual growth. It's in those times of wrestling with your inner thoughts and feelings, bringing them to the Lord and allowing Him to renew your mind with His truth, that you will find comfort, peace, healing, and joy. Proverbs 4.23 again says, So above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. Here's the hard truth. What you are thinking and where you are spending your time and energy is going to determine the path of your life. I want to challenge you to stop pursuing what this world says should satisfy you and letting that consume all your time and energy. Take the time to be still, quiet your mind, and seek to guard the affections of your heart by keeping your eyes fixed on the Lord and letting Him be the life that flows through you. Let me ask you this. Do you ever feel scared of what your thoughts might be or what it would mean if you let yourself think them? The enemy loves to use your thoughts against you and whisper lies to you. This is why God is so concerned with our hearts and our minds. Throughout the Bible, there's encouragement to renew your mind to take every thought captive, to think on these things, and I could go on. The more you're able to practice being aware of your, the thoughts you are thinking by being still, slowing down, really meditating on them, the more you'll be able to recognize the lies the enemy is trying to sneak into your mind. In order to know what lies you are thinking, you will need to compare them against the truth of the Word of God. And to do that, you must know the truth and practice thinking those things. This week, I encourage you with four steps to move yourself deeper in emotional and spiritual maturity. The first is be intentional. Create silence in your life. You get to decide if your emotional and spiritual growth is worth going through the temporary discomfort of being still. The next is choose quiet. Keep the music off. Turn off the radio while you drive. Go for a walk without headphones in your ears. The third is be present. Put your phone away during family time. Keep the TV off while you're doing something else. Stop trying to do everything at the same time. And the last one is listen. Be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Proverbs 4, 20 through 22. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. So this little encouragement is about how to trade comparison for truth so you can walk confidently in your identity in Christ throughout your health journey. Do you find yourself struggling to reach health goals or live your life in a way that you really want to be living? Do you see others and desire to have what they have or be where they are? You aren't alone. 
God knew we would struggle with this and gave us powerful truths to use so that we can continue walking in peace, purpose, confidence, and joy with him as our guide in this life. When we're trying to create the same results in our health or life that we see in someone else's, not only are we stripping ourselves of the joy we could be experiencing, but we're also missing out on walking in the confidence of what God has planned. God created each of us in a unique way and for a unique purpose. It should be our goal to seek after what God desires for our lives. It's been said many times by many people that comparison is the thief of joy. Have you experienced this? I know I have, so let's go to scripture and see what truths we can find. So here's a couple truths. You are chosen from Jeremiah 1.5. You are loved from John 3.16. You have purpose from Ephesians 2.10. You are fearfully and wonderfully made from Psalm 139.14. You have been adopted as sons and daughters of the Heavenly Father, Ephesians 1.5. Do you believe these truths? Do you remind yourself of these truths daily or do you brush them off brush them off as if they're no big deal? What we believe in our heart will influence what we think in our mind, which will then influence the actions that we take in our life. This is why our beliefs are so important. But more than that, we must think about and remind ourselves of these beliefs. Lisa Turkhurst writes, The mind feasts on what it focuses on. What consumes our thinking will be the, the making or breaking of our identity. How true is this? Paul addresses a similar concept in Philippians 4. In verse 6 to 7, he says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I don't know about you, but I would much rather have my identity in the peace of God instead of trying to find it in toxic comparison the world promotes. Proverbs 14.30 says, A heart at peace gives life to the body but envy rots the bones. So how do we have this heart at peace that gives life to the body? Well, Paul goes on to write in Philippians 4 about the thoughts we should be thinking, that whatever is true, honorable, pure, lovely, commendable, of any excellence, worthy of praise, this is where we should practice keeping our minds focused, because in that practice, the God of peace will be with you. So believe the truths of God. Keep your thoughts focused on them and let that influence your actions and the results God is leading you to create in your life. Keep your eyes fixed on God and seek after what he has planned for you in your health and in your life, and you will walk in confidence and find the peace and joy of the Lord. Psalm chapter 62 verses 5 through 8 read, For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress, I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory. My mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. So this encouragement is about finding your refuge in God rather than staying stuck focused on the storm or your circumstances around you. So my question is, are you looking to God as your refuge? See, I love the Passion Translation of this passage because it paints such a such vivid imagery. It says, I am standing in absolute stillness, silent before the one I love, waiting as long as it takes for him to rescue me. Only God is my savior, and he will not fail me, for he alone is my safe place. His wraparound presence always protects me as my champion defender. There's no risk of failure with God, so why would I let worry paralyze me? Even when troubles multiply around me, God's glory is all around me. His wraparound presence is all I need. For the Lord is my savior, my hero, and my life-giving strength. Trust only in God every moment. 
Tell him all your troubles and pour out your heart's longings to him. Believe me when I tell you, he will help you. Pause in his presence. And again, that's Psalm 62, verses 5 through 8. God is my refuge in whom I place my trust. It's so easy to think and say that. It's a whole other thing to actually live it out. The truth is, he can be my refuge. He can protect me from the storm. He can be my shelter. But if I'm not fully focused on him, fully trusting him, if I'm still stuck thinking about all that's going on around me, I will still be living in fear, chaos, confusion, and concern for the storm raging beyond the arms of the Father who is my refuge. However, when my eyes are fixed on him, when my heart is more concerned with trusting him than it is with the circumstances around me, then I will find refuge, true peace, and calm from the storm. See, the Lord may not take away the storm, our circumstances, but he promises to be our refuge in whom we can trust despite the storm ensuing around us. I want to share a vision the Lord gave me a while back about this very thing. First, a little background. When I go into my quiet time, my secret place with the Lord, to sit at his feet and pray or listen, I often close my eyes and create a picture in my head. I allow this to transport me into a visualization of being in the presence of Jesus. So my secret place looks like the porch of a beach house overlooking the ocean and the waves crashing on the shore. I love watching the waves and admiring the amazing creative work of our Father as I sit there before the feet of Jesus who is standing in front of me. One day I found myself overwhelmed with all life was handing me and I felt utter chaos inside and out as I went to be with Jesus that morning. I knew in my head that he was the only one who could calm the storm, but my heart didn't want to accept that peace. My heart wanted to hold on to control, to fix it alone, to focus on all that was going wrong. And this is the vision. As I sat in my secret place, I watched a storm roll in, the lightning flash, the darkness fall, and I heard the thunder crashing around me. All of a sudden, as I stared out into the storm, feeling anything but peace, Jesus appeared before me and whispered, keep your eyes on me, the storm will pass. What a sweet reassurance I experienced that morning. Yes, he holds the power to calm the storm, but rather than take away my chaos and pain and discomfort, he reminded me that with my eyes fixed on him, I can still have peace in my heart no matter what storms are surrounding me. Praise the Lord for his loving arms that are a wraparound presence for us in times of trouble. May this be an encouragement and blessing to you if you are feeling like the things going on around you are more than you can handle right now. Matthew chapter 25 verse 21 says, His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. When you think about stewardship, what comes to mind? The first thing that likely comes to mind is about budgets, giving money, or visions for a growing church. You might even think about parenting or using your spiritual gift as an act of stewardship. But have you ever considered applying the concept of stewardship to your health? The simplest definition of a steward is a person whose responsibility it is to take care of something or someone. Biblically speaking, stewardship is addressed over and over again throughout scripture, and it essentially comes down to exercising the dominion and authority God has given us over his creation. Reflecting his image and care toward all of it and fulfilling our roles in ushering in his kingdom. Psalm 24.1 says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. When we realize that everything is God's, our perspective changes and our desire to do all that we can to glorify and honor him grows. 1 Corinthians 4 verses 1 to 2 say, This is how one should regard us, as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that we be found trustworthy. 
God has entrusted us as servants with a responsibility to do everything we can do so he can show up and do what only he can do. That's a big responsibility, and this is a hard concept to wrap our minds around. I think of how in James it talks about faith without works being dead. Faith is the bare minimum, but actions are needed to usher in the kingdom of God and accomplish the things he has for us to accomplish. While it can be overwhelming, I'm reminded of that saying, I don't know what I don't know. While we should be seeking to know all that God has for us to know, I believe that being a good steward is using what we do know to the best of our ability. In the parable of the talents, in Matthew 25, Jesus talks about how the servant with five talents doubles what he has, and then the servant with two talents doubles that. Even though they had different amounts, they used what they did have, they did what they could, and in return, received the accolade, well done, good and faithful. Recently, the Lord spoke to me about this very idea, that stewardship also means to utilize the resources available. I was struggling through some things, and rather than be honest about where I was and look to others and the things around me to help, I acted in pride and tried to solve my problems on my own. Once I humbled myself and chose to receive the help I needed from the, from the people the Lord had placed in my life, I was able to walk in obedience and begin to work through the things I was struggling with. So I challenge you with this today. Are you using the resources available to you, all that you know and have to the best of your ability? Are you trusting God to show up and do what he can do through your obedience? The Passion Translation of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 reads like this. Trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you and he will lead you in every decision you make. Become intimate with him in whatever you do and he will lead you wherever you go. Do you acknowledge God in all your ways? This is probably one of the most memorized scriptures in the Bible, but the Lord brought a fresh revelation. Okay, it was a conviction to me, and I just had to share. Again, Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. When you're looking to the Lord for guidance to direct your paths, are you continually seeking him along the way, acknowledging his work throughout the journey, or are you just wanting direction so you can go on your own. While I'm a work in progress, I trust in the Lord with all my heart. I don't lean on my own understanding, but then I just expect my path to be directed so I can keep going. The Holy Spirit convicted me about skipping the step of acknowledging God in all my ways. I wasn't walking so closely with him that the direction I should go was made clear and my path was made straight. I was simply asking for directions and telling God, I got it from here. That's not the relationship I want with the Lord, and I'm praying it's not the one you want either. The truth is that when we walk in intimate relationship with the Lord, we desire for him to be in all the things of our lives. And when we invite him into all of those things, acknowledging him in all he is doing, then we are able to walk on the path he has for us. But more than that, we can see clearly the path that he has for us. I want to take a quick detour here and point out that while we may not be able to see the entire path, the big picture, or the destination the Lord has for us, we can trust that he will show us what we need to know to take each next step in alignment with him. Psalm 119, 105, another very memorized scripture says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. A lamp will typically only show a little ways up the path, but it shows enough for us to take our next step, which is how we can keep walking. That lamp is Jesus and the truth of scripture. So let him light your path as you're going. Okay, back to the original thought. I looked up the Passion Translation of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 because I just love how it can make things easy to understand and plain to see. 
That last part really gets me. When I am intimate with the Lord, so dependent on his presence with me in all that I do, then he will lead me wherever I go. I don't know about you, but that feels reassuring to me. So I ask you today, how is your intimacy with Jesus? Are you acknowledging him in all your ways? Or are there times where you simply ask for direction and then take it from there? Are you relying on him as your lamp to light each next step on your path? I encourage you to take some time today to sit with the Lord and acknowledge where you have seen him working and leading you. Then invite him to continue guiding you on the path he has ready to be lit up for you to walk on. Lastly, if you feel like there's areas in your life that you've not been allowing the Lord into, either because of shame, guilt, or just simply a distraction of this world, confess that to him. He's a loving, graceful, forgiving father who wants this intimate relationship with you. You don't have to live in that condemnation, but you do have to acknowledge conviction, repent, and turn to the father for transformation and freedom. These areas of your life could be anything, but if you're feeling right now like health or the way you've been taking care of your body is one of those areas, I encourage you to reach out to me. I've been there and I can tell you that you are not alone in feeling the way you do right now. I also want to tell you that you don't have to stay where you are. Pray about it and then shoot me an email. I'd love to share my experience to pray with you and encourage you forward in freedom and confidence around your health so you can walk in a more intimate relationship with Jesus. My hope and prayer is that you are lifted up in your spirit and you feel encouraged to grow deeper in relationship with the Lord, to spend time with him in his word and through prayer. If you want to receive devotions like this weekly right to your inbox, go ahead and sign up at healthyandempoweredliving.com forward slash weekly wisdom. I'll put that link in the show notes. And again, if you feel like there are things in your health or life that are really hindering you from holding the space for your relationship with the Lord to go deeper, reach out to me. I'm here to serve you, to love on you, to guide you into a confidence and a freedom around your health so that you can live more fully in the purposes that God has called you to in your life. Thanks for listening today. If you're loving what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you get notified of new episodes each week. And if you're not already a part of the Joyful Health for Christian Moms Facebook community, we'd love to have you. We aren't meant to do this thing alone, so come find the support and encouragement you need on your journey to healthy and empowered living. Also, if you're interested in working with me through my coaching program, you can book a free discovery call or email me to learn more. You'll find all the links to connect with me in the show notes. Until next time.